So uh, welcome again to Hudson Community Baptist Church, uh, to our worship service that we're holding online. Uh, welcome to our regular attendees, and as well, special welcome to those of you that are visiting, that have decided to drop in on us uh, online. It's great to have you with us. I think this is now our fifth Sunday uh, doing this online, where we can't get together in our building. And uh, this, mor- this morning I am here in the church building, and uh, we have, uh, but there's not, not anybody here except for myself, and uh, Matt Fraser, who bring be bringing the message. And uh, downstairs, we will see Emmy Lou, who will be bringing us some special music as well. And so we're piecing this together a little bit with different parts uh, at different times. But it's really good just to be able to uh, come together and meet in this way. And uh, we're privileged to be able to do this, really. Uh, it wasn't that long ago when we would not have been able to do this. So before we begin the uh, service, let's just have a brief prayer. Father, we thank you. Uh, thank you so much that you are a God that's with us. And Lord, even though we are separated by distance, uh, you are a God that is in all places. And you are very present. And Lord, you unite us all together as a local church and even with the church worldwide. And Lord, we just pray your blessing on this time together. Uh, bless those that prepared it. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to our minds and to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. And so uh, now we'll have Amy Lou bring us our first song. You are strong and the 
So thank you, Emmy uh, Lou. It's great to uh, have the, the song. Uh, this past week in the life of our church, we had a couple of important meetings, uh, church meetings. And yes, they were teleconference and video conference uh, meetings. But uh, a couple of important meetings. One was the uh, pastoral search committee had a meeting on Monday. And they're continuing to, the work, to do their work. And they are making progress, uh, even though everything is remote. And so we do appreciate uh, your prayers and we pray that you would and ask that you would continue to pray for the committee and, and support them in the work that they are doing as they're progressing. Uh, it's not easy, but it's uh, it is continuing. Uh, there should be an announcement in the bulletin that would bring you up to date uh, for as much as they're able to share with you in progress. Uh, the elders also had a meeting on Tuesday evening. And one of the important pieces of business that we did was to start discussing uh, for the first time, start discussing how we might reintegrate uh, when the government starts to remove the restrictions uh, on religious gatherings uh, and we can start meeting. And so there's a lot of complications. We just thought we would let you know some of those complications. And it's very difficult to plan now because we're not sure exactly how and when the government will actually remove restrictions and which restrictions will stay in place even when we can gather. Uh, just to give you examples of things that we know are already happening uh, in places where people can go back to work or where in certain places where there are gatherings, uh, they're, they're requiring the two-meter rule. And so if you think of our auditorium and you need to maintain a two-meter rule between uh, individuals, families might be able to gather, sit together, and yet it's complicated. If we could sit 160 people in an auditorium and you could only have people sitting at every third chair, uh, that, would be, that would not contain the number of people we have on a Sunday morning. So we have to look at the logistics of different issues such as that. Um, how would we manage the children? Uh, how would we manage things like disinfectant? Do we need to have different kinds of things or masks? Do we need to have requirements in that way? Um, everybody would, would like to return, I'm sure, at the same time. And would we have to stage that? Uh, could it be that there are those that need to stay at a distance or maybe not attend for a little while? Uh, again, we don't know what the rules will be that the government puts in place. And then how will we actually put it into place? Uh, so we're wrestling with these questions. And we do appreciate your support, your ideas, and your prayers as, uh, as we start planning. And yet all we're doing is setting tentative plans, waiting to hear uh, from the government exactly what we can do and when. And of course, uh, we love to get together and shake hands and give hugs. And I'm sure there's going to be restrictions in this area as well. So we'll figure it out. Uh, we figured out how to do worship services online. And we will figure out how to continue to do worship until they say that they can lift the, the last of the restrictions, if that ever happens. And there might be some permanent changes, too. So we appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate the protection and the way we're being cared for, even though it's frustrating. And uh, we appreciate the support that you give, even as we have to plan. There will be no perfect way of doing this, uh, but we will make the best decisions possible. We'd also ask our regular attendees and our supporters to continue to support us during this time. Uh, there are two convenient ways right on the website. You're probably watching uh, this right now on the website and there's a place that's marked to give and you can give by credit card, you can give by PayPal. You can also uh, use an e-transfer and uh, using the church email address uh, to send in a donation. Or if you still like using checks and cash, it works as well, but you need to mail those to our address and someone will collect it and make sure it gets deposited. 
And uh, so before we go back uh, to another song and to the sermon, uh, I thought it would be good just again that we could pray, uh, pray for the situation we find ourselves in. Uh, again, praying for those in our church that may be finding it very difficult. I've had conversations with a number of people this past week uh, through work, uh, business partners uh, and church members who are finding it particularly difficult uh, this week finally. Uh, children being out of school for so long. The children want to go back to school. The work that they've been sent to do, uh, they're done in an hour, an hour and a half, and uh, there's nothing left to do, but they can't go out with their friends. Uh, often they can't even go outside, depending on the situation they're in. And it's, so just, it's just difficult. The parents are trying to get their jobs done. And so we need support, and uh, let's just pray for one another. Father, we thank you again uh, for your care, and Lord, in this special time, we pray that you would uh, just protect our church members, Lord, and our families, our friends, uh, our colleagues at work. And Lord, we pray that you would uh, really give us patience, and Lord, give us, uh, Lord, give us those graces that are beyond what we have inside of ourselves to manage the situations we find ourselves in. And Lord, uh, to find ways to, to exercise your love in these situations. And Lord, we pray uh, again for those that uh, have suffered loss and, and difficult things in their lives, Lord, and they can't gather together, whether it be as family or friends. And Lord, uh, we just pray for a special blessing on them. We pray too, Father, again, for the parents that are trying to take care of their children and for the children, Lord, as they have to also endure the situation. And Father, for the many in our church that may be elderly and find themselves much more lonely as people can't visit as they would, would have before. And so, Lord, we just have so many people in so many situations. Thank you, Lord, that through it all, you remain consistent. You are the God that was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, this is still just a moment in time. And we thank you that what you do for us, Lord, is, is something that we can take with us joyfully, hang on to, and Lord, we know that as we persevere through that, uh, Lord, things will be even better. And we look forward, Lord, to that day one day when we won't ever have these kinds of challenges to deal with. But rather, Lord, we'll enjoy your perfection forever. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.
Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Habakkuk 3, verse 2.
I think one of the best ways to describe our time during the corona lockdown is uncertain. What should the government do to protect the most vulnerable? I don't know. Uh, what should I do and not do to protect my family? Uh, another great question. Uh, when will the lockdown end? Again, we don't know. Uh, what will happen when it does end with the economy, with, with people's jobs? Uh, we don't know. And so many of the questions, it's not that we don't have answers, that we don't even know how to begin to answer these questions. And so it creates even more uncertainty and often anxiety and fear, depending on your situation and, and what you're struggling with. Uh, it's often been said there are no atheists in foxholes, uh, meaning that even those who don't consider themselves religious, when they find themselves in tight places or difficult situations, may find themselves praying or or speaking to someone looking for help. If you're a Christian, you may find yourself praying uh, more fervently. And maybe even if you're non-religious, you, you may find yourself uttering something that by another name would be a prayer. Uh, and so uh, when we're faced with uncertainty and, and we are inclined to cry out to God, uh, prayer is an important topic. And, and that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, I'll be speaking from Matthew 6 Verses 5 to 15, Matthew is the first book in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. Uh, and uh, so, you know, grab a Bible or open another tab on your browser or whatever you're going to do. <clears throat> I'm reading from the NIV. And while you find that, I just want to share a little bit of the context. Uh, Matthew 6 is part of the Sermon on the Mount, a sermon Jesus gives about uh, the basic Christian ethic. What does it mean to be a disciple of his? a follower of his. And uh, we need to take this sermon in the right way. The point of the sermon is not, uh, if you're this good, you are a Christian. Uh, and the point of the sermon is also not, uh, you're not this good, so you should become a Christian. Uh, instead, God's point is uh, that he's making you his child and welcoming you into his kingdom. And so live as a child of your new king. Uh, Matthew one twenty one uh, at the beginning of the book of Matthew says that Jesus uh, has come to save his people from their sins. Uh, Jesus came as a savior for us. And this sermon starts by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says that we come into the kingdom, that we become children uh, by being poor in spirit, by recognizing our own spiritual brokenness, our own spiritual need. And then when we recognize that, we become sons and daughters of the kingdom. And so with that framework of understanding, uh, let's turn to Matthew 6, verses 5 to 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread, forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. This uh, passage is part of a larger section on religious or spiritual hypocrisy. And the first section uh, is uh, about our disordered hearts. Uh, how we pray in inappropriate or, or, or dysfunctional ways. And the second section is Jesus telling us how we should actually pray. It's not actually the Lord's prayer, as it's often called. It's the disciples' prayer. It's for us, not for him. In the first part, verses 5 to 8, Jesus is dealing with our disordered hearts. Uh, and that happens in two ways. One is on a horizontal level with other people. Uh, our prayer can often orient on the approval uh, of others. In Jesus' day, public prayer was common. They prayed in the temple two or three times a day, and, and they didn't have this private religious distinction from public uh, religion. And so it was a real temptation to be showy in prayer, and maybe that's not a temptation for us in, in the same way in terms of public prayer. Uh, but uh, do I try to show my spirituality on Facebook or on Instagram? Uh, is it primarily public? trying to get people's attention. Am I just play acting my prayers? And, and God says that those who do such have already received their reward or their recognition, but those who orient on him will receive their reward, their recognition from God as they seek him. The second symptom of disordered heart is vertical. It's in relation to God. Uh, this passage reminds us not to multiply words or babble on in prayer. Uh, in context, uh, often uh, Greco-Roman religion would use as many different names of gods as, as possible to try to uh, make sure that their prayers would be answered. It was a kind of securing control over the supernatural. And so uh, they were kind of trying to obligate God. Put him in our debt so he, he needs to answer our prayer. He has to. Uh, and this isn't talking about consistent prayer, uh, which is elsewhere encouraged in the Bible. It's talking about repeating a kind of practice makes perfect mentality to prayer where God has to do what we say. It's kind of like trying to suck up to dad to try to get him to do the right thing for you. You know, dad, you're so handsome. Dad, you're so good at what you do. So on, so on, so on in hopes that we might open the hard hand of God. Jesus' response to this uh, is by shattering this kind of thinking with God's character. Uh, we should not pray to obligate God, not only because we can't, but because he's a good father. In verse 9, it, it says that he knows what we need uh, before we ask. If we are poor in spirit children who have been adopted by a Savior, we're not going to put the Savior in our debt. No, he knows our needs. He sees our business. He sees our family. Uh, he sees the challenges of our household. And he takes it all into account. And so what we must not miss here is that a true prayer is based in God's fatherly character. Uh, it's about his generosity. The father is, is meant to be a positive image. For some people I recognize it's not. Uh, they, they have past painful experiences, and, and I'm not trying to diminish or make those illegitimate. Uh, but just as we don't uh, reject all teachers because we have had a bad teacher, we, we recognize that a good teacher is, is a possible thing. Uh, so also, uh, because we have had terrible experiences with earthly fathers that have fallen far short of 
God as the ultimate father. We need to reevaluate fatherhood in light of God and not in terms of the, the terrible experiences we may have had. And rather than praying in a way that assumes God must be obligated, Jesus teaches us a very different way to pray. And and he talks about this in the second half of the passage, verses 9 to 15. Uh, And Jesus isn't saying that we have to pray these exact words. That would be to make the mistake of the first half of the passage, just kind of babble on without thinking. Instead, he's giving us the thrust of the prayer. And and Jesus tells us to begin praying uh, by saying, Our uh, Father, to recognize God's fatherhood. we, as God's community, recognize that he is a, a father to us, uh, of all of us. We are his children before him, and we cry out to him as a community. But we, we need to be careful here. Uh, this is the prayer of a disciple. Uh, it, not everyone is God's child. The Bible doesn't speak that way. Uh, we become God's children by recognizing that we've wandered from God, uh, that we are poor in spirit. We need God's help. We need uh, to be saved by Jesus and through his death for us, uh, his death in our place on the cross and his resurrection. But uh, even if the Bible doesn't say we are all God's children, it certainly does offer all of us the invitation to become God's children. And so if you're kind of sitting, am I God's child? I don't really know. Uh, I've never really heard talk of like that before about God as a father. Uh, it will take this as God's invitation to you through his word to say, uh, I want to be your father. Uh, I, I care about you and your needs. God longs to be a good father that we can come to through his son, Jesus. And, and so please, you know, join the family. Uh, that's what this is about. Uh, you're very welcomed by God. Uh, None of us came in worthy, and and so none of us uh, can earn it, and and you're welcome as well, of course. And yet, uh, Jesus continues here that this is our Father in heaven. Uh, He is the God of all the universe. He's not a feeble old man in the clouds, a kind of doting grandfather that has nothing uh, particular to do with this time. He's the sovereign universe of the universe, and he commands all things in conformity to his goodwill towards his children. And so when we remember God as Father, what should we pray for first? Uh, We should pray for his name to be hallowed or honored or set apart. Uh, The the idea is that all people here would recognize the greatness of God. Uh, It's priority number one for Jesus' disciples uh, to want everyone to recognize God's greatness. Uh, God is passionate about his greatness and, and he wants it to be our heartbeat too. Uh, God, uh, make yourself great in my life. Make yourself great uh, at my workplace, in the life of my children, in my family, uh, with my neighbors and in my neighborhood, uh, in my teams, Lord, uh, whatever I'm involved in, I I want you to be great there. But some of you may be thinking, uh, well, doesn't that kind of sound a little self-serving? Uh, well, that's the problem with all these leaders I've had, that they're self-serving. They only think about themselves. They want everybody else to worship the ground they walk on. Uh, but if we're thinking like that, we've forgotten who God is. Uh, it's a kind of regard for himself that inclines God to seek the good of his creatures. Uh, the more God shows of his goodness and the more we taste of that, the more God is glorified, the greater God looks. Uh, God, wants us to, uh, sh- God wants to show us his fatherly character, and he wants us to experience the goodness of that. And, and that's what it means for God's name to be great. We recognize what a great father he is because he's caring for us. 
the second request and the third request are, are similar to the first. Uh, God's kingdom and his will will ultimately come when Christ returns. Uh, Thy kingdom come will happen one day when Christ comes back. And we long for that day and we pray for that day. And yet we, we draw the line from that day back to our lives and, and pray for his kingdom now uh, in my life. Uh, and not only in my life, but the life of those around me. Uh, I, I say, oh God, that Jesus would be king in all everyone I see, and in all that happens in this world. Uh, Jesus comes, uh, and his message is, is fairly simple initially. He says, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Turn back to God, uh, because the kingdom of God is near. Uh, you know, I want his kingdom in my media habits, in, in uh, my position at work, my, my soccer team, or whatever it may be, I want Christ to be there, and I want him to be king. Uh, now, uh, Authority and rule often kind of get a bad rap in our culture. And so, uh, again, you may be thinking, well, God's rule, is that good authority over me? And, and really, uh, I just want to read a passage from uh, the book of Isaiah that describes God's rule here. And I think it'll be helpful. What exactly is God's rule about? It's Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. You see there, God's reign is connected with with peace or shalom, the the setting right of all that's dysfunctional in our world. Uh, You know, my relationships, my relationship uh, to one, uh, to other people, to to myself, to this earth, uh, God will set this all right. But that happens when God is king, uh, when he is first and foremost. And when I put God at the center and trust him, uh, it frees me to then bring my needs to him. Uh, it says, uh, you know, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, bread is just a symbol of our needs. And so I can come to God. doesn't mean he gives me all my greeds, uh, but he gives me the things I need. Uh, John Newton says, everything uh, is needful that he sends. Nothing can be needful that he withholds. So God takes care of our needs and I can trust him and my soul can rest in that. Uh, Jesus lived in a culture where people receive daily wages uh, so they understand what, uh, you know, cash flow issues are like. They understand what food shortages are all about. And yet Jesus knows God can meet our needs in the midst of those challenges. It doesn't tie God's hands. I just want to make a side note at this point. And it's probably just good to know uh, what prayer is in Christianity. Uh, it's not connecting with uh, the great one force that stands behind the universe in some sort of meditation. It's not sending out good vibes or emptying your mind. Uh, It's uh, the connection with the divine that we long for. It's uh, really children coming to a father uh, in a personal way. And when we've trusted God with our physical needs, we can, of course, trust him with our spiritual needs. The next verse says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. First among the spiritual needs of a Christian is forgiveness. We want Christ to be honored, his kingdom to come. Uh, those are our passions, our priorities, but so often our lives don't reflect those realities, if we're honest. Uh, we are broken people, and so uh, we don't bring shalom to our world sometimes, and so we constantly come seeking God's forgiveness for the bad that we've done and the good we've left undone. 
And so we need forgiveness like bread. Now, uh, we need to be careful here. Uh, we could get the impression that if we forgive other people, we earn God's forgiveness. Uh, but that's not the case. The case really is that, uh, fairly simple. If God in his great fatherly mercy has forgiven us for our rebellion, for forsaking him, uh, it transforms us to forgive others. Why should God forgive us, not forgive us if we don't forgive others? Well, until we've come to a posture that we can forgive the sins of others, well, we, we're not truly in a posture of turning back to God and turning from the wrong we've done, especially our sins of bitterness and unforgiveness. Divine forgiveness breeds human forgiveness. And if finding forgiveness through Jesus uh, frees us from the penalty of sin, uh, the last line of the prayer frees us from the power of sin. Uh, it's an acknowledgement of our weakness and a request to our Father for protection. Again, we started off by noticing that uh, it's the poor in spirit who come in to God's kingdom. And so we recognize that we are not all we could be. We are not strong. And so we can cry out to God. Uh, and yet, sometimes what happens is uh, Satan would use the same thing in our life that God would use for our good against us. For example, uh, God brought Jesus out into the desert, uh, but Satan also sought to use that same time, those same moments to destroy him. And so... Uh, just like in our life, God may use things to try to build us up, to make us trust him more, and yet Satan would destroy us in those moments. And so we call out to hear God, not thinking that he'll try to get us to sin, no, uh, but rather recognizing that we can trust him to deliver us when we are not strong. You know, parents, we've probably all put our kids into challenging situations where we want them to grow. We don't want them to fail. We want them to thrive. And that's what's happening here. Uh, God wants us to grow and thrive and trust. And we're crying out to him saying, help me along the way, God. I'm not strong. In our day and age, uh, it's become very commonplace uh, in our society to give a child a cell phone. Uh, we can debate whether that's good, bad, whatever. It's, it's already passed. Uh, but the giving of a phone is almost always well-intentioned. Uh, it's an invitation and a, a means of communication. It says, I love you. Uh, it says, if you have needs, call me. Uh, it says, uh, if, I can, you know, if I can help you, call me. If you meet a Billy, call me. If you get into trouble, call me. And that's what uh, God is, is doing with us here. He is inviting us to pray to him and showing us how to do that. Uh, you know, and, and he gives us uh, the invitation to call him Father. And I just want to read a quote uh, th that I found uh, powerful. Hence he is called our Father, and he would have us call him so, for he delivers us from all mistrust by the great sweetness which that name conveys. No greater feeling of love can be found anywhere than in the love of a father. There is no sure proof by which he could attest his boundless love for us than in allowing us to be known as his children. Since he is perfect above all men in goodness and mercy, so perfect indeed that if every father on the earth were to lose all feelings of paternal love and forsake and abandon his children, 
God himself could never fail us, for he cannot deny himself. And that's what God's saying. He's saying, I'm a father. Trust me. Call out to me whether things are good, whether things are bad. Uh, And we can trust him with our spiritual needs, our physical needs, because he will be a good father for us. Thank you, Matt, uh, for that message uh, from, from Matthew on the Sermon on the Mount. And then it's, there's so much richness in, in a prayer that's less than two minutes. And uh, there's just so much in that, that prayer. And it's one that, of course, we, we take with us through our lives. And it really is uh, saying so many different things. And, uh, and it's a comfort to know that we have a, a Father that is like that, that invites us to have that communication. And we do invite all of you. There are times we're feeling stressed, at times uh, perhaps worried, and all the different things we're experiencing. And let's remember just to uh, take those things to the Lord and uh, present it to Him. May we be reminded as we go into this coming week to lean on Jesus. He will take care of us. I was thinking as as we wrapped up and uh, thinking of the song as well from uh, that Emmylou had as uh, just just leaning on on our father. And I was thinking of the verses in Philippians uh, chapter four and that I would just give them as as our closing uh, benediction uh, to our service today. Uh, Philippians four. And I think uh, I was just start at verses four and go right through to verse eight. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things.